Thank you for listening to the All About Life podcast with Vic. I'm so glad you're listening in today. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring and motivating you to be a better you. Find us on iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast show. Thanks for listening and enjoy this next episode. Welcome to the All About Life podcast. This is your host, VIC. And today, I got a special host with us. It's going to be Dr. Caldon Aziz Swice. And I'm so excited about it, guys. Um, Dr. Swice is a PhD and associate professor of philosophy and a life coach. His goal is to equip, to create a powerful, purposeful, passion-filled life that is prophetic. Uh, Dr. Swice has taught classes at Oxford University and currently teaches at City Colleges in Chicago. Uh, Dr. Swice is a committed Christian as well. He is the author of three books, Debating Christian Theism, Killing God, and Christian Apologetics, an anthology of primary sources. If you want to know and learn more after, uh, about Dr. Swice, you can reach his ministry at Logically Faithful LLC. And you can go ahead and read his blogs and view his podcast videos at logicallyfaithful.com. That's logicallyfaithful.com. So, Dr. Swice, how are you doing today? It was great to be on. Thank you, brother. It is an honor. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I hope I didn't uh, butcher that uh, introduction uh, too bad. <laughs> Much better. I've been called worse things, man. <laughs> 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 oh, so we've been trying to make this happen for a while, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, every um, time, every season, every place under heaven, there's a time for it all. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm saying that, that, that God provides us with our specific seasons and times for everything under heaven. So we are meant to be at the stage right here, right now, brother. Exactly, exactly. It's like, uh, it's destiny, it's predestined. <laughs> yep. Which is another interesting topic that uh, I, I think we would be for, for a great podcast episode as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I did go a little bit into, um, you know, what you do in, in philosophy and life coach. And, um, you know, just so our listeners get a better understanding of uh, who you are as a person, um, what got you to this point in your life uh, where you're doing philosophy and life coach? Uh, has this been like a, a lifelong uh, journey or has it been something that you just, you know, discovered as you went through life or like, how did you get to this point? Right. Well, God has been opening many doors in my life and the ones that he closes, he opens up others. But in the process of opening and closing a door, he lets me sit there and wait for a little while. <laughs> It's, it's that waiting, mm. process, that sanctification process, that molding process that created um, and recreated within me a different man that I used to be. Um, I uh, came to know the Lord at an early age, around 15 years old, and was really, really interested in digging behind the scenes and asking questions and presuppositional um, ideas and ideologies of why we believed and why we were learning the things we did in classes and I would just drive people crazy with my questions, I know, because uh, my questions were more 
uh, in depth and looking behind the information and behind the reason. And I figured yeah. out later on, as I got into college, you can actually get paid doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I got into philosophy and psychology and, and the areas in, in the academic world. And I just loved it. Um, uh, it was a fire with it. Loved it. Uh, got into uh, apologetics a little later on when people began to challenge my faith as I got to know who the living God was. Mm. And, and God strategically put in my life atheists, Muslims, skeptics, um, uh, Hindus, New Age personalities that would challenge me and, and critically make me evaluate what I believed. Um, and, and that got me to focus my philosophy into apologetics, which is the art and science of providing a reason for the hope that we have via 1 Peter 3.15. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I got, I got into apologetics and philosophy. And then that... Sh there's a big shift that happened after that. So, so it's interesting to know that he, he actually didn't put those people into your life after you had all your apologetics together, but he put them there before to push you into getting your apologetics together. Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. It was <laughs> <laughs> It's really interesting because a lot of times we believe and we think uh, that in order for us to, um, you know, get into something, we have to already have it all together. We have to have all the tools ready. We have to know all the things in order to, um, you know, be able to make an impact in any any aspect of life. And as far as our faith is concerned with Christianity, it holds true as well. Where a lot of people hold back because they say, well, I don't. You know, they hold back from speaking to people of other religious beliefs because they don't feel like they have it all together in apologetics. They don't feel like they have it all. They know enough about the Bible or they know enough about, you know, the Gospels. Uh, so it's very interesting that these people actually propelled you or, or propel you into getting and tightening up on why you believe what you believe. That's right, absolutely. And it goes back to something with um, uh, St. Anselm said that was profound. He said, I believe so that I may understand. It's, it's not the other way around like you're talking about. It's not that I understand that I may believe. No, no, that's not how things work yeah. in life. Um, sometimes we are equipped. Sometimes we're prepared after we begin the journey, not before. <laughs> uh, it's a step of yeah. faith that we take and then God <laughs> prepares us after we're ready. You know, God prepares the man who has already stepped into the, the, the forest, into the darkness. Not before. Sometimes it's, it takes that step of faith for us to um, uh, be ready. And, and to be ready doesn't mean you have to have it all together, man. No. Some, some of God's most powerful people are the most broken of people. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of people right now that I guarantee you are holding back on their dreams. Mm. And that God gave them, right? Because God puts a, a fire in us and they're kind of holding back because they don't feel like they've got enough equipping, if you will. You know, if we're going to use the, the church term, they don't right. feel like they're equipped uh, for the tasks, for the ministry. Uh, and then I, you know, I come across a person like you where you say, you know what? I wasn't equipped until I kind of got thrown in the fire. <laughs> Right. And that's why I got I had to learn about it. And later on, I mean, after I completed some of my work and started getting some of my master's and doctoral work done, which was a miracle in itself, mm -hmm. 
something else. Somebody with ADHD and completely passionate. I can sit for 10 minutes to read. And I actually completed that work. If I could do it, anybody can. Um, yeah. You just focus your mind and trust God and, and have a strategic schedule set in place. You can complete wonders in your life. And, and I, after that happened, um, uh, I got married and uh, things didn't seem to be working out. We ended up having a little boy. And, and uh, now he is with Jesus. God seemed to take him at an early age. He died. Mm, I'm sorry to hear my, that. Thank you, brother. He, he died in my arms. He couldn't breathe properly. Um, it, was, it, it was a devastating time in my life. Mm. And that made me reevaluate my apologetics, my thinking, my view of God, and my view of myself. Uh, well, and, and then later on, I ended up losing my wife as well and, losing, and going through near bankruptcy and uh, addictions. It, it was just a terrible journey that that God opened the door for me to go into into the desert as He as the Spirit led Jesus into the desert, mm -hmm. and I have come out of that and still working my way through that, better, stronger than I've ever been before, by the grace of God. Man, I mean, th these are hard, hard situations in life. Um... Like, like this is this is like what we would say, you know, in, in Puerto Rico. These are big words, you know, like these are mm. big deal issues, traumatic events even. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, first of all, I'm so sorry to hear uh, about your losses, because, I mean, these are these are big, impactful, traumatic losses. Um, and and so you're you're going from these losses that you've had these traumatic events that you've had and you're pushing forward. And, and I must ask how, how are you able? Cause ma many people would, would have after the, the loss of a child would have just mm. given up and, and just given up on God and given up on life itself. And then on top of that, uh, you lose your wife, your, your soulmate, if you would, um, and then that's just like another hit. And it's, it's, uh, it's a, I mean, it's pain on top of pain on top of pain. And, and that with it brings a lot of frustration and, and a lot of anger. Um, mm. How, how do you push forth or how are you, let me make it personal. How are you pushing forth through these events, even having all these things in your mind like how do you solidify your faith in the midst of going through these traumatic events mm. and still say things like what you're saying like god is good mm. and god has a purpose and 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 god is taking me through this um you know and so many people might be like well why is why did god allow you to go through all this i mean that's not really good um so so it, it you know elaborate on that because sure, that's sure. really yeah. Powerful. I mean, this is some really powerful stuff uh, that you're still able to hold on to your faith. Mm, mm. Friedrich Nietzsche, the German philosopher, said that a man's soul can deal with any what if he has a meaning behind it or a why. Mm. Victor Frankl, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, says the power of finding meaning even in the worst and most diabolical catastrophic of circumstances if you can find meaning in an anchor for that you can get through all that and be a light in the darkness for others as well um i was able by god's grace to look beyond myself because have you heard the old adage, adage there victor um that which doesn't kill you can make you stronger 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, but sometimes that works in reverse, my brother. Sometimes what doesn't kill you can make you bitter, angry, rage, full of rage. Yeah. And, and you, you've met people like that. Oh, yeah. Or if you accidentally cut them off or something, you'll see it come out. Um, and, and, and if we could just allow the suffering to overcome us and to give ourselves over to the God who can give us comfort through it as we are in it, and not give in to despair and anger and bitterness. Mm. Recognize there's a purpose behind it. Romans 8, 30, uh, Romans 8, 28. For all things work together for the good of those who love God. It doesn't say all things are good. No. It says for all things work together. They work. God works through them and by them and in, and in them to produce yeah. within us the character that shines in the darkness and overcomes that darkness. And and. And I was, um, you know, trusting God through that and giving myself over to him. It was painful. I'm not going to deny that. It's painful. Yeah. But it's through the pain that the phoenix or a new man can emerge. So so it's it's kind of like that. I mean, I don't mean to minimize what we're talking about here, but it's sure. kind of like that gym adage, uh, no pain, no gain. <laughs> you can put it that way, right. Um, there, there is no, no leader in the history of the world who has... Mm accomplished anything of lasting significance who has not gone through traumatic problems in their lives. Um, it is, it's an aspect of life that he has created everything from nature. I mean, take a look at the, the, the seasons, brother. You have the winter where the seeds are crushed, where there's uh, the snow and the, the cold and the darkness, where there's death all over, right? But yeah. inside the winter, beneath the, the bitter snow, lies the seed that with the sun's love in the spring becomes the rose. They <laughs> mm, <laughs> use the, uh, the old, yeah, the old, the old uh, 70s song on that. But God uses nature to show us that even in the, the bitter place, if that seed is there and you're watering it and you continue plugging forward and have faith, what can emerge can be remarkable. And you've also, you just also hit a, on a point before as well, where you said after you went through these situations, then you also suffered financial loss. Mm. And, and today, you know, I wanted to also talk about how to see the invisible, what is not there, right? <laughs> what, what, what you want to see or, or what you wish was there, but it's not there. And then you have these life circumstances and, and you have on top of everything, you have a financial loss. Mm. Um, and, and so how do you, how do you see the, the invisible, what is not there and, and keep that faith to move forward towards the, towards accomplishing really the impossible towards accomplishing what under human strength and mm. under human, just, you know, sheer brute force, uh, would would almost seem impossible because uh, they're that have gone through financial hardships, um, like you've gone through financial hardships. You know, I've gone through financial hardships as well. Um, <laughs> and, and how do you how do you find yourself in that winter? Uh, they were talking about right. in the middle of winter, um, going, man, when. When is that spring going to come? When is that sun going to shine? Or, or is this it for me? Is this, you know, because a lot of people, I mean, they can hardly see um, and have faith 
in, even in what they can hardly see, let alone trying to see into a better spiritual future or a better spiritual reality, if you would, uh, from where they are, where everything just seems cold, dark, and bitter. Right, right. Well said, brother. Yeah, sometimes we have to articulate the issue and the problem clearly so that we can see the solution much more astutely. The, uh, I have a process that I work through. Um, I'm working through that, and it's, um, it's actually a set of lectures I'm, I'm giving. And I, I do work with men in life coaching, and I've seen men be devastated with a lack of financial resources, lack of ability to find meaning in their lives. And if you can be able to establish that and rebuild that in your life, you can find a sense of strength and confidence that will bring you the respect of your woman and, the, and that of your peers and ultimately be able to lift your head um, and make a difference with the gifts God's given you. Um, one of the avenues I've done that is I've, I've done a bunch of R's here that, that uh, are help, very helpful. First is to recognize... And second is to, um, to recognize where you are in life, where God's putting you to see beyond the darkness of your own thinking and to restore God's truth in your life by providing yourself with an environment where you can read, study, and engage. And by reframing, so you have recognize, restore, reframe, or rewire your mindset. And then you have relate, relating to other people and bringing people on your team as reinforcements to assemble a, a grove around you to help build you within. And finally, to rejoice and have reverence and gratitude and awe in God. Let me, let me clarify what I mean by that. So yeah. a helpful example is the uh, patriarch Moses. Um, now, Moses was kicked out of Egypt and fled as a slave um, uh, from, a, from a, a prince to like a slave. He fled and lived in the desert for over 40 years as a fugitive for killing unauthorized as an Egyptian, right? Yeah. And, and Moses himself being in that desert, being a fugitive, being alone, being like a coward, God called him out of his um, meteorocracy into something great because Moses was not living up to his potential that God made him or gave him to be by living yeah. there. But, but Moses was doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was a shepherd. He, he was a father. He was working. He wasn't just sitting there twiddling his thumbs, playing video games, going through pornography or uh, drinking uh, himself down or uh, catching himself up into drugs, which a lot of yeah. men do just to escape the reality of life. Mm -hmm. Moses was out there working. And when he was working, suddenly he saw in the distance a fire. And, and as he approached that fire, that, that bush that wasn't going to burn, he heard the voice of God, remove your shoes for you are on holy ground. That avenue is Moses began to recognize who he was in that regard and that he was stepping into something new, something beyond yeah. himself, something invisible, but something great, something transcendent. And, I, and, and one of the ways we can recognize that and see that is when we have our times with God, our times of devotion. We need to change how we do them. And many scholars, Victor, have done this well. Um, you don't do your quiet time in the same place that you have dinner. or You could do it, of course, or the same place you have gym. You could do it. God listens to you anywhere. But if you still yeah. have a sacred spot where you can remove your shoes and change the way you mm. do it, that changes not only the physical, but also helps you recognize that there's something beyond you as you begin to uh, bow your knee and, and, and connect to the transcendent. Uh, 
One of the most important features in a man's life is to be able to shut off the world around him and ignite the world within him to look at the God above him. Wow, that's good. You know what? I'm sorry. Could you say that again? That's good. <laughs> you have to shut the world around you off. Shut. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, um, what did I just say? I'm sorry. I didn't went off too fast when I was talking about it. <laughs> oh, about <laughs> shutting the world shut off the world around you. Ignite, ignite the world within you so you can see the God above you. Mm. Shut off the world around you. Ignite the man within you so you can see the God above you. And one of the most that powerful so ways we can, one of the most powerful ways we can do that, Victor, is to put off, take our most powerful addictive device today, which is more addictive than heroin, by the way, our cell phones, and shut that thing off. <laughs> At least turn yeah. the time that you can focus on God and focus on how you can be a better man, a better husband, a better businessman. Uh, a better father and, and in order to do that you have to focus yeah you have to recognize who you are and recognize who god is and that's the first step to doing that is to recognize that it's to step into that holy ground so you know so in order to get through these dramas uh traumas i mean and drama um then really it's a matter of looking outside of yourself and getting out of yourself and out of your own, out of your own, um, in a way, out of your own importance um, in, in this, you know, thing that we call life and, and that we share with so many other human beings. Because uh, we live, I mean, in the society we live in, I feel it's a very individualistic society where, you know, there's a heavy importance placed on just individuals. Right. And, you know, you hear a lot of these philosophies and theologies of, you know, just, you know, you hear me, you know, hear me roar. I am man or I am woman or I can do this on my own. Uh -huh. I can do this by myself. And it's a very individualistic way of thinking. So when, when something bad happens, like crushingly bad, um, then, then you begin to just take all of that on. And then, you know, that pride of self kind of sets in and then why is this happening to me? You know, it shouldn't right. be happening to me because I am, you know, X, Y, Z, important, you know, me, me, me. Um, and, and there's a thread that I've been noticing uh, as we're talking. The thread is get over yourself mm -hmm. in order to improve yourself. Uh, exactly. and, you, and you can't get out of your own head and out of traumatic events and move forward even past traumatic events if you're still all about yourself amen brother that's right and it's that great paradox that the lord jesus talked about a man can gain the whole world mm. his soul um but it, it basically jesus is he who gives up his life for my sake will find it it's a paradox when you get yeah. up you find yeah. it when you release it you grow in it when the more love you give the more you get um, C.S. Lewis said the, 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 in a profound way, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself yeah. less. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that old mantra, that worldly secular mantra, you got to find yourself, man, is a bunch of nonsense. What you need to find is a God above you, and then he will tell you who you are and how great he is and how you can become 
better, greater, and more powerful than you've ever been. It's by seeking him first, not yourself. If you seek yourself, not only do you mm -hmm. lose the God above you, you lose the man within you. Wow, that is so true. And I've seen it over and over and over again. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again. Um, and I, I suppose it, it has a lot to do as well. Like you see a lot of men that, that they have a lot of material wealth, but yet they still end up either in really bad addictions, committing suicide, or not not allow not being able to allow all the you know not being able to handle I should say all the pressures right. that life will you know give you. And it doesn't matter what stage in life you're in, whether you're rich or poor. I mean, you're gonna have pressure regardless. Um, Exactly, and and so you wonder it's why would pressure. somebody? I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. Finish. Oh no worries. No, no, because you wonder why would somebody that seemingly has everything, you know, can't handle the pressure, and then someone can go from not having anything and then just blossoming into something beautiful and great. Mm -hmm. Is that amazing? That is, that is amazing. It's the it's the diamond that's formed under pressure. Right. But mm. there is something else that's formed under pressure. It's coal as well. <laughs> coal, darkness, yeah. useless material that is only used for burning fires and you know making barbecue every now and then. But a diamond, yeah, <laughs> that's used to solidify. You know, uh, even we use it today for um, uh, the most powerful expression of the divine trinity, the marriage. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and the diamonds are formed under pressure. Diamonds and people, people who love God, people who are making a difference, are formed under that. That pressure. I want to go back to our story as we build this, and I'll explain to you the, the situation that I, I put together that I found to be helpful in my life, how to see the yes. invisible achieve the impossible. It's through the story of Moses. So so I have the big R is recognize who he was as a shepherd, as a man, as as a, as a lowly individual when he when he approached God. And then God does something interesting. God tells him, remove the shoes. I'm looking at Exodus chapter 3 right now. Exodus 3. And, and what God tells him now to, to remove his shoes, to recognize he's on holy ground. And then God says to him, this is Exodus 3, 5, uh, mm -hmm. 5 and 6, I am the God of your father. And then he goes on to list Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which one of them, by the way, was a thief and another was a crook and another was... <laughs> These men made mistakes, but God was their father and he identifies with them. And then it says Moses hid his face. Yeah. For he was afraid to look at God. I think when we come close to God, the closer we get to God, mm. the more we recognize our sin, the more we recognize it, our inadequacy. Yeah. It's like the, the old dead wood that's around us begins to burn off. The sins begin to burn off. The vices begin to burn off. Laziness begins to burn off. Because we are coming close to holiness. Hmm. It is not comfortable so, to get close to God. Oh, exactly. And especially, it's, it's oh man. So you have Moses out there in his desert. And I find that, and I find it in my own personal life to be true that it is, it is actually harder, in my opinion, when you're going through something to want to even get close to God, even when God, is getting closer to you, even when God is the one to initiate the interaction, mm -hmm. uh, which is something wonderful about this particular story with Moses and the burning bush is that Moses didn't initiate the interaction. God did. 
And in very few few times in the Bible, God actually goes out and initiates a revelatory interaction with another human being. Mm-hmm. And he does it in the middle of Moses, one of Moses' worst times, well, not worst times in his life as far as, um, you know, what he had gone through, but worst time because of what he did and what he knew he was in, and why he knew he was in that desert for. Right. Um, you know, because I'm sure in, in the back of Moses' head, what, what happened in Egypt still lingered. I mean, he's literally a fugitive from the law. Mm-hmm. And and it's lingering in his back of his head and that pressure still lingering in the back of his head and what he did in Egypt. And all of a sudden, when God appeals and reveals himself to him in his desert, then that kind of comes forth into the front of your mind. And he's he's probably thinking like, uh, God, like, do you, do you, do you really, like, he doesn't know, but we think like, God, do you know what I've done? Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm going through? Mm-hmm. Do you, like, I'm, I'm not worthy to be here. And like you said, be, because of all the sins that just start popping up that you did, even if you're not doing them before, you still feel guilty about the ones you did before. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, why in the world would a living God who's holy, who's good, who's the epitome of perfection, Mm-hmm. want to have an interaction with me that is amazing that is a powerful question brother <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's hard you know a lot of people find it hard when they're going through hard times right. they find it hard to, to go to god even if god initiates the interaction they kind of mm-hmm. just you know do like moses does they didn't put their head down or uh they don't look at him or, or they just turn their backs and they also have a hard time trying to bring other people into their lives to be able to help them. And, and, and so they have a hard time um, vertically and they have a hard time horizontally. Mm. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's very much true, brother. And when we recognize who we are in light of the glory and goodness of God, we do see our sin more clearly. We can't look up and mm-hmm. God still, while we were yet sinners, the apostle Paul tells us God in his love mm. still loved us and reached into the darkness, into the pit, and slime and pulled us out, cleansed us, put us on a mountaintop and called us by his name. And that gives us a sense of humility and honor of where we came from and where we are going. Um, God, he doesn't choose people because they're good and great. No, no, no. He mm, that's us, good. And then we become good and great because he chooses us. Um, it, it's his good. His love makes us lovable. It's not my love that attracts God. It's his. Um, and that love is a suffering love. It, I want to just build up, keep building on that. So Moses, right, he hides yeah. his faces. He recognizes his silkness. He recognizes what he did in Egypt. He recognizes what he did in his past. But God tells him, I have observed the misery of my people. That includes Moses. I've seen it. Don't recognize Moses. I don't, yeah. you know, I'm not blind to this. I know what's happening. I know what you did. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard their oppressors, but I have come down to rescue them. To let, send them to a land of good, spacious land flowing with milk and honey, a wonderful place of prosperity, wonder, and growth and, and glory. And Moses, hear this, he says, this is in verse 30 I am sending you. 
God is calling us individually as men to step into the darkness to approach the pharaohs in our lives. Hear me out, guys. If you're hearing me, it's on the mm. podcast here. Whether it's your job, the boss who's not being the man he should be at the work or his business is failing, and you're in a company that's not doing that well, maybe God's sending you there to approach him to help him rebuild that. Maybe he's sending you to approach the abuser in your life to stand up to him, the oppressor, and to confront him. Maybe God's approaching you to go talk to your wife about something you haven't, you need to speak to her about. Maybe God's equipping, maybe God's sending you to, to take that child, that wayward child on a vacation somewhere and spend time with him. Tell him you love him. Maybe God's calling you to do that, which is uncomfortable. Because it's only in approaching that and dealing with that can you actually make a difference in your life and the lives around you. I think Moses, God's calling him. He's sending you to Pharaoh, the most powerful man on earth at the time. And you will lead my people. And it's fascinating to me, and this goes into where God's telling Moses to restore the way he's thinking with truth, to rewire his mind set, and to start thinking the way God thinks rather than man thinks. Yeah. And Moses says, who am I, this is verse 11, that I should go to Pharaoh, right? Who am I? I mean, look at yeah. me, I messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where you, what you talked about, brother, is comes into play. God equips Moses after he accepts. He doesn't, he doesn't tell us, equip him saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I have it all together. No, I still will send you whether you have it together or not. And then I will equip you after I send you. Just trust me. It's about faith because I will be with you. And this is something God promises us. If we trust him, if we give our lives to him, if we um, surrender to him, he will be with us in the darkest of times. And whether you're going through bankruptcy now, the way I, I, you know, I got close to going through a lot of things financially and psychologically, mm -hmm. one of the temptations the devil has for us is to think we're alone. Yeah. We're the only one going through this. But the reality is many Americans suffer through financial hardships and, and other areas. You're not alone. And secondarily, God who made you, is with you, even in the darkness. As a matter of a fact, something shocking here. He's closest to you in your darkest hour. You know, that's an important truth that we overlook. Mm. You know, a lot of times we, we, we uh, especially in the, in, within the Christian community and within the, the community of the saints, mm. um, we will say things that kind of have become more cliche than anything else. Mm. Uh, like if God is with me, who can be against me? Um, like even what we talked about earlier, if uh, all things work for good for those who have been according to his per who called according to his purpose, mm -hmm. um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and the list goes on. And, and I believe it, these sayings have kind of gotten uh, spoken about or said so many times that in a lot of people's lives, they've, they, they've kind of lost their true meaning, their essence mm. behind what these words and phrases and paragraphs are truly communicating to us as believers about life. Mm. Mm -hmm. And what they all have in common is that they are all encouraging and inspirational in nature. And the only reason why a human being 
would need encouragement or would need inspiration is because they're going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I think a lot of times we don't really process the fact that these sayings were told to people that were going through a hard time. Yeah. To people that didn't have it all together and to people who a lot of them were about to quit. They're literally, they, the reason they needed the encouragement was because they were about to throw in the towel. They were about to say, you know, I'm done with this, you know, believing in Jesus and I'm done with this believing in, uh, that there's a better life for me and purpose. I'm done with it. And so the Holy Spirit, knowing this, inspired these writers to write in an encouraging and inspirational manner. And it's not because they wanted to fluff these people up or make them feel good. Like we think that these are just make you feel good, you know, verses. No, these are verses to get you through desert valleys. And these people they were, they, they were, they were written to were going through deserts and valleys and, and they were about to give up. They were about to be done with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and God doesn't just get us through until we can feel good about ourselves, but so we can equip mm -hmm. fire others through our darkness, through our suffering. It's not about you. It's not about yeah. you at all. Moses, God wasn't just trying to get Moses out, but he was getting Moses out so he can help free his people. Yeah. Moses had a purpose. Moses had a goal. This is Men have this incredible desire, brother, to have an adventure to go on as um, in his wonderful book, Wild at Heart, John Edridge talks about for men. Um, God, yes. Yeah, he talks about the three main desires of a man: an adventure to go on, a problem to overcome, or and in a, a was it a beauty to save? I think it was. Those are the three big ones. <laughs> um, but, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and Moses was given that by God, and Moses was recognizing, I don't have what it takes. I'm broken. I, I come from a broken past. I'm, I'm a fugitive. I'm, I can't even speak properly. I'm, and God is telling him, Hey, I will be with you and he reminds moses later i'm the one who made the mouth man yeah. <laughs> i'm the one who made the ears i am god almighty nothing is impossible with me trust me and this is amazing to me it's incredible um because as i'm building up you recognize where you are you begin to restore your thinking to god's thinking you begin to reframe your mind and get in a new story rather than the old story that i'm a fugitive i'm useless no i'm an ambassador of the most high god i am a talents he's given me i am somebody who is um, can be lifted up and used by god for something great and glorious because i'm a child of his and when you are able to reframe your story instead of listening to the story other people have given you and recreate that story to something glorious. Then you think you could do remarkable things and start seeing the invisible, which is the vision that you've been given in your life. Let me, let me harken back to something I found to be powerful. Yeah, please. Uh, it, uh, now, when you're in Florida, there's the Epcot Center, okay? Yeah. <laughs> when they opened the Epcot Center in 1982, people from all over the world came to see it. And one of the reporters came up to Roy Disney, the brother of Walt Disney, and said something. He said, well, I know that it seems like a beautiful day, but it must be bittersweet for you knowing that Walt, Walt Disney that is, never yeah. got to see this. Walt never got to see this. And his brother, Roy, said something I thought was absolutely out of this world to him. I never forgot it. He said, mm -hmm. you're mistaken. Walt saw this. That's why we are seeing it now. Wow. 
This is what I'm talking about, brother. This is what the God talks about. This prophet Jeremiah. My people perish for lack of vision. We mm. can be able to see the invisible before it becomes in front of us. Then we can create, create it, and then achieve the impossible. God was telling Moses, I will bring my people out. That's a vision. And I'm equipping you, a shepherd, a fugitive, a broken man, to be able to go in there and do something absolutely remarkable. Um, and this is the vision that God's telling him. And, and I found this verse to be one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. Oh, I find a lot of them to be powerful. <laughs> but this one is just incredible. Yeah. Um, we're talking about verse 12. Verse 12. Uh, do you have it there or should I read it, brother? Yeah, no, no, go ahead and read it. Yeah, all right. All right. Moses, God, uh, Moses asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, the most powerful man on earth, by the way, most powerful country at the time, that oh, I yeah. should bring the Israelite slaves out of Egypt? And God said the following to him, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So, now let's 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 exegete that passage. What God is telling yeah. Moses here, a possible way of understanding this, is: Look, Moses, you want a sign that I am who I say I am, and that this is going to happen. Here it is: Go to Egypt, step into the darkness, step into the wilderness, step into the unknown, approach him, do what I told you to do, and after you have done it, come back on this mountain and worship me with the people here, over a million of them. Then you'll know it was me. Basically, he's telling him, act first in faith, and then you will see the result. It doesn't come like that earlier. You do not get absolute certainty before, brother. It comes after you have trusted me. This is what faith is about. Now, one thing that I am getting on this story, I mean, this is such a powerful story. We can can literally stay on this story for hours. one thing that I that I I'm just seeing now, like I've I've never really thought about this before, is that not only is is God telling Moses to I got a mission purpose for you, um, and I'm gonna you know you're gonna get the sign after the initial work after your initial investment is is completed, but he's also what I find really um, interesting is God is also asking Moses to go back to the place where his trauma happened and mm-hmm. where the what made what what changed the whole course of his life the the where the actions that changed the course of his life up to that point happened mm. and that is really interesting and powerful because it is hard for us to be able after running away from ourselves, after trying to run away from our past, after trying to run away from that place that caused us so much uh, trauma, pain, suffering, to go back to that place where it all happened. Um, mm-hmm. So how do how do you get that courage? I mean, I, I know God had to repeatedly tell Moses, "I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you." Uh-huh. Um, because oftentimes we minimize the fact that Moses, what was asked for Moses was actually, I mean, was a big deal. It's go back to where your trauma happened. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That, that is, that is, that, that's right, brother. I'm glad you put your finger on that nerve because this is a pivotal issue that um, has been scholars writing about this in profound ways. Uh, we call it post-traumatic growth, post-traumatic growth. This was a powerful yes. um, uh, work that has been done in Harvard University um, by multiple scholars in this field. And this is an area where the worst of worst, the most difficult situation, the people who are in the most stressful possible area, um, that what they did is they, they studied them, which are people in the U.S. Army, by the way, or in the Marines, um, specifically studying them. And a, a scholar named Richard Tedsetti, Richard Tedsetti and Ra, uh, Lawrence Calhoun studied this process and found that some of the people going through the worst traumas can become some of the most powerful, better, and most equipped people possible. If they turn around and face wow. their trauma, like you said, if they go back to it, if they face it, learn from it, you can become better from it, in it. It's the very thing that burns you can become the flame that lights, the, 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 that becomes a light out of your own period of darkness, out of your own cave that can become a, a source of hope for other people. The very thing that broke you, addiction, pain, divorce, bankruptcy, destruction, cancer, that very thing that hurt you can be the symbol that lights the light for everyone. The very epitome and archetype of all this is, Victor, the cross of Christ. The thing that broke Christ, that destroyed him, is the thing that became the symbol for hope for all mankind. Yeah. And I think that can work in our lives as well. Moses had to go back to the thing that broke him, the thing that destroyed him, which was Egypt. And and in that, he was going to become... it's a principal savior. So it's almost it's almost like go and face your trauma so that you know that the God in you is stronger than the outer trauma that you went through. Exactly. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Jesus said that. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful, isn't it, brother? And, and this is... This it is. is. And Moses is, God's telling Moses, this is the essence of faith, is trust. That's what the word in pistos in Greek means, to trust. And when you trust me, then you'll see the results. Not before. This is about faith. Step out in faith. You, if you want to open a business, step out in faith. If you want to ask that girl out, step out yeah. in faith. If you want to make a difference in your life of your children, step out in faith. This is what it means to be a man, to face the darkness with courage, no matter what comes. Whether you fail, and by the way, you're guaranteed to fail in many ways, my brothers. When you fail, you can get back up, wipe the dust and blood off, and become better through it, or meet the God above you in it. Wow. Now, when it comes to failure, how how do you, because I've always viewed, as actually, I've never viewed failure as far as not reaching a goal. As failure, I've always I've always seen it as just okay. Well, I didn't reach that goal yet. Um, what I've always thought about failure was if you just quit, like if you just quit and give up and turn around and just say, okay, I'm done, then that's true failure in my book. Um, that that's true failure. That's like okay, you failed, right? Not because of anything other than you quit. What what are you what are your thoughts on that? I think your, your voice started becoming muffled a little bit at the end there, but I, I think I heard most of what you said. 
Um, no, I, I apologize about that. No, what, what I was saying is that I view failure as just quitting. Okay, yeah. So as long as you don't quit, mm-hmm. all that's happening is you didn't reach a goal, but right. you can still strive to reach the goal. So in essence, you haven't really failed. Um, one of the ways in that regard, what you're talking about is there's a lot of truth, yeah. brother. There's a lot of truth to it. Uh, true, um, in order for me, you to be successful, and you study yeah. the lives of successful men, whether you're studying the lives of presidents like Abraham Lincoln, world changers like Gandhi, or um, you know, people in, like, in the basketball field like Michael Jordan, whatever it is, you, you, you yeah. see a life full of failure. But in that failure, they grew. They become better through it. I think recognizing yeah. that failure is part of success. It's the back door to success. You cannot succeed unless you put failure into the equation. If, if you're going to come up to a portion when you go into a business environment or an emotional environment or a society and expect not to fail, you're in for a huge, rude awakening. You will fail. <laughs> the, the key is when you become a failure is what the thing that you just touched on and when you give up and walk away. Yeah. That's when you become a failure. Uh, I, I don't mean walk away in the sense of just go back to bureaucracy. Change the way, maybe you do choose something else, choose a different venue, choose another way to approach um, your, your situation. Um, but giving up and just throwing in the towel and giving up to mediocrity, bitterness, and rage, and sin, that is the ultimate failure. Because it's a lack of trust in God. Mm. Yeah, I think that's one way of doing it. And Moses, no, exactly. Moses was going to give up right then and there. And you mentioned something earlier, which um, you, uh, we can't do this alone. I think that's part of my R's that I'm building up to relate, which is one of the big things of yeah. seeing the invisible, seeing, ahead of you, seeing how God's going to do that with a vision. And then to achieve that impossible, you need to bring people alongside of you, reinforcements. You need to reassemble them. And, and this is important because this is what God tells Moses. Um, and again, I'm moving to chapter four of Exodus. Moses is still doubting. Even though God's given him miracles to do, he's given him hope, he's reminding him of God, who he is. Moses still says at the end of verse 13, chapter 4, please, Lord, send someone else. I'm going, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I love that. Moses is so authentic, and God just gets ticked off at him. He says God's anger was burned against Moses. Like, seriously, Moses? I mean, come on. Yeah. But, but God still capitulates. He still gives it to you. You know what he tells him? He tells him, look. You have your brother, Aaron, right? He can't seem to shut up. Aaron is very good at speaking. He's very good at articulation. Take him with you. God gives Moses a group of people around him, not just Aaron. He also surrounds him with some of the elders as well. And this is very important. There's a book a number of years ago um, that, that talks about the power of community. The Hidden Life of Trees. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. Yeah, The Hidden Life of Trees is, a, is, a, is an important book that came out a number of years ago. And in that book itself, the author, uh, Peter Wolf Bolin, gives a fascinating analysis. He says, a tree is only as strong as the forest that it's in. Mm. And a, when a tree is weak, when a tree is broken, when a tree can't get the sunlight, what it does is it's, it uses its roots to dig down deep and connect to the other roots of the trees around it and get their own nutrients, their own energies, their own water. And it begins to grow. And as it grows, it begins to blossom and have fruit. And then it begins to shoot up and receive the light of the sun above it. But it's only through the help of the trees around it that happens. Yeah. 
And I think this is what happened to Moses. Okay, Moses, you can't do this on your own. I'm going to send you with people. And we're not made to be alone. That was the first commandment God gave to Adam. You are not made to be alone. Literally, yes. <laughs> and, go, and then when the Lord Jesus sent out the disciples, he sent them out two by two, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to do what you need to do and achieve the impossible in your life, don't think you can do it on your own, brothers. You're not made to do it alone. You need to bring a team on yourself. You need like an Apostle Paul in your life. You need a Timothy in your life. You need, you need a group of men who love God more than anything in the world and men who are doing incredible things. Spend time with them, and then you'll start doing what they're doing too. It works the opposite way. Spend time with a bunch of losers and, and complainers and addictive, and, and, and then you'll end up doing what they're doing. It's part of human nature. We're social yeah. And I think that's part of the, the we're learning from the story of Moses, um, where he was able to see God, who is invisible, and see a vision for, for redemption. And he was able to step into Egypt, which is impossible, and achieve the impossible with the power and love of, and grace of God in his own life to do what needs to be done. And I think the story of Moses is an incredible example for our lives to take yeah. what God has given us and our gifts and talents, trust him with it forgetting what is behind us, straining forward to what is true to win the prize which God has already called us for before the foundation of the world. I'm referring to Philippians chapter 3. And, and, and trusting God through that, I think we can achieve more than we can possibly imagine in our lives if we do that. That's amazing. That is that is so true. That is so true. And, and it's, it's... The amazing part about all this is that it's... A, it, this is accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. through, through Jesus Christ, everyone has access to this, which is, I mean, what we're talking about is God working through us. Like that's accessible to everybody. And that's the one thing that I, I really, at times it's hard to understand um, because grace and, and particularly love, I believe is a, is the most, um, perfect, full concept, uh, the loftiest of, 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 you know, ideas and philosophy and right. down to, to this word of love. Mm. And, and sometimes it's, it's hard to, to get my mind wrapped around how God just makes it accessible to everyone, regardless of creed, race, where you came from, or even sin. Mm -hmm. He dealt with that through Jesus Christ. Um, and, and so I just, you know, want to everyone who's listening to us for them to know that this is not just for like a special few. This is not just for, you know, just a, a, their neighbor or, or the other guy that because we all see when we look, especially these days with social media and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok <laughs> and all the other social media platforms out there, we view what the people want us to view that are posting and that are, you know, feeding content to it. And we start to think that, oh, it's because they've got it together or they're better than me, mm. you know, or they've got a, a better grip on life than I have, or God, you know, will, will choose them because look, um, you know, we, we just, we, we, we tend to always compare ourselves to someone else. And, and that comparing many of us, always think that we're lesser than that's right and, yeah, we all and so it's very important 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very important. So, to watch so, yeah, no, it's very important for, for us to know that it's not just for a special few, that this is for everyone. Mm -hmm. it, literally, if you're alive, it's for you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And if you're hearing these words, it's not an accident. We talked about providence in the beginning yeah. of our conversation. It's not an accident that you're listening to the words that I'm speaking now with Victor. These words that we're speaking, words of hope and inspiration, they're not an accident. God loves you. God cares about you. God wants something good for your life, something incredible. And the fact that you're even listening to these words is a sign for you to come back to him, to repent, and to find him as the source of joy in your life. Um, and I, I just want to emphasize something important, Victor, that's, that's pretty dear to my heart, that yeah. we have to be careful about a health and wealth issue, that God only wants us to be healthy, wealthy, powerful, because sometimes God wants us to be broken, poor, and <laughs> beaten so that we can find him through the darkness. Um, mm. Yeah, Jesus was broken on the cross. Uh, Moses lost um, so much of his own life in his, in his journey. So did Job. He lost his own children. But that's not where the story ended. But for many, that's where it has to begin. And don't think that um, you know, God may not call you to martyrdom, may not call you to suffer. Because uh, Jesus said, they hated me. They will hate you. Yeah. Stand up to the world. Do not expect there to not to be persecution. The, the more you stand up for truth, the more it'll come. So I just want to emphasize that regardless of all that, he is with you. He is with you and he will provide a way that you can become better than you've ever been, whether in this life or in the life to come. Either way, you trust God and the end result will be something yeah. this world and wonderful. Well, Dr. Swice, it was such a pleasure having you on the podcast today. It was an honor, brother. It's an honor. And, and I truly hope that it's not the last. I want to encourage some of the men, if you're um, if interested in uh, digging deeper. Um, my ministry is logicallyfaithful.com. Uh, um, you can go visit that. I got videos. I got podcasts there and things of that nature. I also have a life coaching ministry for those who want to go deeper on a one-on-one -on -one level. That's available for you there as well. Um, so take advantage of that. And may the Lord richly bless you. That's awesome. So there you go, guys. Please go visit him at logicallyfaithful.com. Uh, a lot of great content there. And, uh, you know, you can connect as well. I mean, it's just, uh, Dr. Swice, you're such a blessing. I'm so glad that I was able to have the honor and opportunity to speak with you. And there's so many more topics and so many more i've got you know after this uh time we spent together i got more questions and uh more topics <laughs> just running <laughs> through my mind uh so i truly am uh encouraged uh and you've encouraged me today uh with your story a uh, powerful story and uh you know i really hope that this is the uh beginning of many other powerful topics that we can discuss here on the all about life podcast May it be true. So, brother, may it be true. Let it be prophetic. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you can find us on 
all your favorite podcast platforms. We're on iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And go ahead and subscribe and, and hit that like button. That way, when a new episode drops, you won't miss it. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Awesome. Blessings to you all, guys. Thank you, Victor, for what you're doing. May the Lord continue to bless the work of your hands and magnify in your life. You're doing wonderful stuff, brother.